the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Um. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black here. Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Money, investing, and much, much more. What's on your financial mind? Let's talk uh, stock markets, you know, where we're going, how we got there. It's what we do in the first hour of the show. Dow's up 16, the NASDAQ's up 6, the S&P 500 is up 3 this morning. Oil prices are rising, $108 a barrel. Oh, good golly. Newt Gingrich is out there promising $2.50 gas, even though we're heading towards $5 gas. I don't know who would vote for that, but I guess somebody would. Oh, there's so much to talk about today. We're having a good month. We're having a good start of the year. That high price oil could derail things, so we want to be honest about that. We want to eyeball that, but we don't really want to freak out about that. There's generally positive action abroad. Oil prices climbing to multi-month highs. The dollar declines again. We can move oil lower if we stop printing money in the United States. We can move it higher if we start raising interest rates. Well, we can move it lower if we're starting to raise interest rates. That's what I meant to say. But would our Federal Reserve slow our economy to slow the price of oil? It's probably worth thinking about. may not happen, but it's certainly worth thinking about. So a modest sell-off yesterday... Then equity markets sold at the open yesterday and rallied. We moved higher. Not crazy higher. Not like this is the next best thing, but we're moving slowly but surely. A lot of catalysts are out there right now. There's positive developments including good economic data. Yesterday it was the jobless claims and business confidence out of Germany. There was reports that China's working on loosening some of their capital requirements. Fourth quarter earnings have a little bit mixed right now. 
Uh, as the quarter's gone on a little bit longer, we're seeing some some weakness. Uh, Gap and J.C. Penney's had very mixed reports. AIG beat on the bottom line. You're seeing Telecom Italia report uh, stronger results. Lloyd's Banking weaker results. So $108 a barrel. Futures on oil trading at 124 There's concerns about Iranian supply. So we got some things to think about. we got some things to be honest about. Yesterday's game put the Dow, the SP, and the NASDAQ in positive territory for the week. If we close positive today, seventh weekly gain in eight weeks. Crazy start of the year. Maybe too much. Two economic reports are out today. University of Michigan's consumer sentiment. And then we're going to get a final reading of uh, sales figures for the month of January. Consensus is calling for about an expectation of 2.6% up from December. Retailer JCPenney, not the best quarter. They got that new CEO, Ron Johnson. He's trying to turn that place into a destination again. I personally, I, I, don't, I don't get the department stores. Salesforce.com had a wonderful quarter. Ticker symbol CRM. Their CEO is almost giddy. I don't like CEOs who are giddy. Nothing against the company. I just, I like tempered enthusiasm. This is a really, really good software company. Um, it's all-time high, about $160 a share. It's currently at about 131 I could absolutely positively make a case for owning this stock for the next five years. Not necessarily the next five months. It's expensive. Any pullback in this company, I think, is an accumulation. But not at a 52-week highs, unless that's your thing. Which, you know, for some people, it's certainly their thing. So some other stories of note out there. Investors are encouraged right now. Seven out of eight positive weeks. Autodesk reported a fourth quarter profit once and above expectations. Autodesk is a company that does computer design, computer-aided design. So, like, you can build bridges without actually cutting steel. You can make semiconductors without, you know, getting a uh, silicon equipment manufacturer to put it all together. Like, you can design stuff. Test it, change it, all before you make it. And that saves companies and businesses and governments money. There's something to be said for that theme. Private equity company Apollo Global Management, they said they're going to announce a deal to acquire El Paso's oil and gas exploration for about $7 billion. Rubicon Technology, they lost about 15% in stock trading last night. Their profit dropped 94% year over year. A couple stories on Apple out there. They bought a search engine called Chomp. It lets you search for apps. And China's ProView, which has been suing Apple over the use of the iPad name, has now brought that court battle to the U.S. shores, filing a case in California. So the economic news out this morning, we got the University of Michigan sentiment rising to about a 75.3 reading. That's the highest reading in over a year. Consumer sentiment, it's one of those... Readings that doesn't mean that much to me. 
because they ask you how you feel and how do you feel about the economy. And for most of us, we're gainfully employed. We're happy. We're pleased. We feel good about our finances, but we keep hearing the economy is tough out there. We keep hearing about all these foreclosures, although I haven't seen a foreclosure on my street. So sometimes consumer sentiment is, is, is painted with, well, that must be how others are doing. Consumers view their personal finance as well as business and buying conditions. Sometimes if you're feeling real positive about the economy, like you're hearing everyone's making money, you're a lot more likely to go out and spend. You're a lot more likely to go out and go on vacation. You're more likely to get a new car. So consumer sentiment kind of shows a leaning, but it doesn't prove anything. So not the most important indicator to me. Um, New home sales in the month of January hit a 321,000 annual rate. Now, December was revised to 324,000. Expectations were about for 315,000. Sales were initially reported a little bit lower last month, revised a little bit higher. Median sales price in the United States, $217,100 last month, which is edging up from December. The supply of new homes sits at about 5.6 months. That's the lowest level in six years. And the actual number of new homes available for sale slid to a record low of 151,000. So that's all pretty good news for the new home builders. Again, home builders have been tarred. They've been shellacked. They've been left for dead. As an investor, you could be a contrarian and say, that might be the best time to look at these guys. With that said, i got a seminar coming up March 10th. March 10th going to be at the Tech Mart in Santa Clara. It's a Saturday event. There's two events, one in the morning on wealth creation and one in the afternoon on wealth preservation. You can sign up for those events at robblack.com. Let's take a little bit of a break here. Come back, take a look at the breaking news of the day. See if there's any big stories that we have to hit upon. And CFP, Chad Burton. Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back again. Rob Black, your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much more. Thanks for listening to the show. Let's take a quick look. Uh, you know, Apple's got some legal battle stories today. Oil prices continue to rise. What's going to happen to our economy? I can tell you it's not a good thing. Oil at $108 a barrel will slow the stock market. Speaking of the stock market, we got the Dow up 12, the NASDAQ up 5, and the S&P 500 up 2. 
Let's welcome in CFP Chad Burton. He joins us from time to time to talk about all things financial money, investing in financial planning concepts. He's with newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. Chad Burton, one of the topics that comes up on occasion is uh, paying off your mortgage. And there's commercials and there's YouTube videos on mortgage accelerators. I almost don't even want to mention it because these things are pretty evil. They're products that you can sometimes pay three to $6,000. They'll set up a line of credit for you tied towards you, like a second mortgage or a loan. And then they help fund your 401k. Or they, I'm sorry, they help you know pay off your mortgage early. You're basically taken from one of your own pots of money to pay off a mortgage a little bit earlier. Like it'll put $10 in on the first and then it'll put another 15. So it does lower your interest, but you're using borrowed money that has an interest rate on it much higher than your mortgage to pay off your mortgage. Mortgage accelerators are pretty evil. Well, I think the worst kinds are the ones that charge you just to set up a bi-monthly payment instead of a monthly payment. All you have to do is if you look at a calendar and you have 12 payments on your mortgage typically, right. if you do that bi-weekly, the way it figures out is you end up making one extra payment a year. Right. So you can set that up on your own. Just make one extra payment a year and essentially it ends up being about the same. Um, so you don't have to pay money to do that. And that's the thing that I get concerned about. And then there's all these other, you know, like you said, credit card deals where you're using some of your loan on a credit card. It gets so confusing. You really wonder what you're paying for. And there's no free lunch on Wall Street or in the banking sector. So be careful. And typically, what I've already found about YouTube is that people put up some pretty vile videos on YouTube. Um, and when I say vile, they're like, it's showing their case. Like, here's why you buy stock options. Here's why you buy gold for me. And they, they paint this horrific picture of either Wall Street, the uh, mutual funds, or that, you know, in retirement, that the government's going to tax you 50% and they'll show you how to get tax-free money. YouTube is kind of evil because I've, I get emails from senior citizens like, what do you think of this product? And uh, you watch these videos and they're, you know, they're okayly produced, but it just shows you that these guys don't really have an outlet to get their message across to rip you well, off. The best produced ones are the ones by insurance agents that have the money to to be able to afford to produce them because they're saying things like a life insurance policy uses an investment is better than a 401k because you can take tax-free loans in retirement right but these things i think we've talked about this before they blow up and interest rates go down dividends go down and cost of insurance goes up and so people buy these things on these pretty ledgers these pretty sales spreadsheets and then i pretty much so roll my eyes when someone sends me an email and says take a look at what this guy said or take a look at his report. He's predicting the stock market to go to zero. Okay. I mean, I know when people ask me, did you hear about what who said on CNBC about the market going zero or P ratios going all the way up to 19 every day? Yeah. There's 20 or 30 of these people in place. Really? You, you've really got to yeah. shut out all the news and have a strategy, you know, a, really a written strategy of how you either pick stocks or analyze mutual funds when you rebalance your portfolio and peel the winners off and and buy some of the stuff that hasn't done well. I joke and try to sh- shut out the media. I jokingly say this, um, you know, CNBC's porn. Oh, yeah. There's nothing financial you can get from it. It's 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 financial porn. It's it looks good, but it's like Chinese food. You know, you eat it and then you're pooping it out 30 minutes later. Like there's no nutritional value in it. It's just greasy slop. And I'm, I'm talking American Chinese, not Chinese Chinese. Yeah. Oh, it, 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 I think it turns people into a deer in headlights. Yeah. So it either pe- gets people too emphatic about an upside move and want to go all in and, or too scared on a downside move and go all out. You have basically people that have English degrees yep. ending up on financial channels giving you opinions on the market. And it creates more volatility that's out there. And 
when know, I was on the East Coast, too I, many opinions. When I was on the East Coast, opinions. I did CNBC. And when I'd get there, I'd say, I got this great stock pick, GE. And they're like, no, 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 not GE. We, we need G-Wiz. We need something bigger than that. We need something sexier. Do you got like a, a, a network equipment company? And like, you can't do that because the producers, they won't put you on if you, unless you talk crazy, sexy, crazy ideas. They don't want what Bloomberg does. Bloomberg, I think, is a great financial media company. I think they do a much better job. Not the best job, but a much better job yeah. at not getting crazy. Yeah, because they don't have the 15 panel of people ar- arguing about a certain situation because the opinion doesn't matter. It's really what the underlying trend and the fundamentals are in a stock. Melissa Francis, she works at CNBC, and she was the oil girl for a while. Uh-huh. Now she's like an anchor. Um, at, C- at CNET, she was the tech girl. Her background was technology, and she goes to CNBC, and like now she's like an expert on oil. It's pretty funny. It's laughable. Yeah. Um, my co-host, Cheryl Cassani, you know what her background was before she got into financial media? Prom queen? No, she was at Fox. She's at Fox Business, by the way, and she hates me when every time I say this. She used to be a stewardess at Southwest. Yeah. And now she's on Fox Business and giving opinions on the, the news of the day. You got to watch out for this stuff. Everybody has an opinion. <laughs> stuff to watch <laughs> out for and much, much more. So back to mortgage accelerators. Pretty bad idea. If you ever want to accelerate your mortgage, you can do it yourself. That's yeah, the lesson. Really, the only time I typically tell people to accelerate their mortgage, let's say you're close to retirement, you're 15 years into a 30 year loan, and you've already, you're maxed out your 401k, you're maxed out your Roth, you've got a lot of money saved up for retirement. So you've got you know, the option to either take cash and buy CDs, which are paying nothing, or pay off your mortgage early. If you're way into the amortization schedule on your mortgage and you're no longer getting a tax deduction for it, and all you're doing is looking for a cash alternative, that's about the only time when I tell people, yeah, go ahead and pay your mortgage off. Absolutely. Our parents did it because they saw their parents lose the farm. But mm-hmm. that's not our case. With that said, that's CFP Chad Burton. CFP Chad Burton. Find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. So a couple other headlines that are breaking this morning, stories that are of note. JCPenney's down 1%. Department store operators said February sales are trending below expectations. Gap is down 3%. They uh, forecast a disappointing full-year outlook. Ugh, bootmaker, Deckers. This is one of those fashions that a lot of people thought was going to come and go, but Ugg Boots still alive and well. They're down 11%. They gave disappointing forecasts for clothing as well, citing increased sheepskin costs, and that's going to hurt their margins. Uh, Crocs is uh, down 9%. They gave a disappointing outlook. Do you see a trend here? And Kenneth Cole Productions, uh, down 21%, up 21%. Uh, basically, the company's going to go private in a $280 million transaction. You're listening to me, Rob Black, on AM 1220 KDO. You can find me in a couple places. I have a YouTube channel that I need more people to subscribe to. It's free. Go to YouTube and search Rob Black Show, Rob Black Show. And uh, when you do that, you will now uh, have the ability to, uh, what will you have the ability to do? Ah, watch me on a daily basis. Rob Black Show at Twitter, Rob Black Show at YouTube, and uh, find me online at Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. We'll take a break here on AM 1220 KDOW.
lines are now open. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. A uh, couple things to, you know, to think about. Markets just turned negative for the day. Uh, again, it's not going to surprise me. Oil's too high. It's moved too fast. We need to calm the markets down a little bit. We spend a lot of money on oil and gas and energy in the United States. Again, we had a pretty warm winter, so we kind of got away with it this year. But uh, it's looking like time to pay up a little bit, and it's moving quickly. So the S&P 500 up two, the NASDAQ up three, the Dow down two. One of the positives here is, in my opinion, that the U.S. economy is doing well, and people are starting to see that. We're not doing great. You know, don't put words in my mouth like this is the best day ever. It's nothing like that in any way, shape, or form. But stocks advanced yesterday to their highest level since May 2008 based on jobless claims and housing data that beat expectations. IBM, which comprises 12% of the Dow, it added 28 points to the index yesterday. So one stock basically pushed the whole market, quote-unquote, higher. Recovery starting to pick up speed. Yesterday, Vivas soared 78%. They've got a pill called Quinexa that won the backing of a regulatory panel moving the drug a step closer to gaining U.S. approval for the first new obesity treatment in 13 years. The United States Postal Service yesterday said they're going to cut 35,000 jobs. They're going to predict an $18.2 billion loss by 2015. So they're going to eliminate 5% of their workforce by closing almost half of their mail processing facilities to cut costs. It's going to slow down the, the mail going across America. They want to end Saturday mail delivery. So in a story like that, who's the winner? It's got to be FedEx and UPS, in my opinion. Nike, uh, they better cash in quickly on Jeremy Lin, the phenomenon. He had a horrible game last night. But the Lin phenomenon is going to pay dividends for Nike because there's really no other Asian player that is marketable. Yao Ming has retired. Lin is the first Taiwanese-American in the NBA. There's 1.3 billion people in China. And Nike wants to double their sales to $4 billion by 2015. Nike started selling Lin Sanity t-shirts through retailers like Foot Locker almost immediately. They're trying to lock the 23-year-old up to a long-term deal. They want to make him into the next Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Tiger Woods. I think that's insane. Uh, I don't know. It's worth thinking about, right? As a shareholder of Nike, you want to see the guy do well. So web firms... Yesterday announced Google, Apple, Microsoft, that they're going to create a do not track button that's going to be put in web browsers. And 97%, 93.7% of Americans said that they would use it. When you click on the button, the web browsing habits will, will stop being collected. So let's say you go to an adult website. 
Google won't know that anymore. Let's say you go to a Christian website. Google won't know that anymore. Let's say you go to a skiing website. Google won't know that anymore. And they won't be able to serve up ads on skiing Christians. That information won't be able to be sold to employment companies, credit companies, healthcare, or insurance companies. Now, that sounds great, right? More privacy. The downside about it is is that some of the content on the Internet's free because it's ad-driven. And companies like General Motors, they want to know how many people are coming to the web page. That can't be tracked anymore. How many people are seeing this, this impression? How many people are clicking through it? Can't be, can't be tracked anymore. What type of person's coming here? Can't be done. So General Motors may stop supporting free content. There's nothing sinister about what General Motors does. They want to sell advertising to you. So, yeah, you could opt out. But the downside is, is you may start paying for more things than you would have otherwise that were ad-supported. Do you understand where this is going? We'll see. I mean, of course, I think the companies will work around it, but it's neither here nor there. So more than 1.4 million families. This is a stunning story. Listen to this. More than 1.4 million families in the United States live on $2 a day per person. Does that sound even close to right? The number of families living on $2 or less per person per day for at least a month in the United States has doubled in the last 15 years to 1.46 million. That's up 636,000 households since 1996. Government benefits blunt the impact of such extreme poverty, but not completely. When food stamps are included as income, the number of households in extreme poverty defined as living on $2 a day drops to $800,000. That's up from $475,996. This is a group that has fallen through the cracks in America. This is stunning to me. A study out of Harvard found that among households in extreme poverty, one in five received rent vouchers or lived in public housing. 66% had at least one child with public health insurance. The study did not factor in how those benefits affect household income. 1.4 million Americans living on $2 a day per person in a family? That suddenly makes that Starbucks coffee at four or five bucks feel like decadent. So there's something called deep poverty, extreme poverty. I, I'm stunned by that. Other stories of note today. New home sales dipped in the month of January. There's two types of homes, new homes and existing homes. New homes have been a little bit overpriced in the last five years compared to existing. So sales fell about 1%, nine-tenths of 1%. That followed four straight months of gains in which home sales rose 10%. 
So some people would look at October, November, December and say it was so good that maybe the weather was so warm in the United States that it, it, it got some buyers sooner rather than later. And that helped construction workers. Warm weather this winter has helped our economy. Pickup in sales at the end of the last year should bolster the view that the housing market's starting to revive. Builders are growing a lot more optimistic after seeing people express interest in buying this year. Hiring has improved, which is critical to the housing rebound. The economy added more than 200,000 net jobs in December and January. Economists anticipate another big month of hiring in February after seeing unemployment benefit applications fall to the lowest level in nearly four years. So the economy is a little bit better than people expect right now. Not getting excited, just saying it's a little bit better than people expect. Salesforce.com, big winner today. Great report, great earnings last night. Uh, a lot of deferred revenue. That's one of those economic statistics or financial statistics that you look for in software companies. They don't take all their revenue all at once. They spread it out over time. They get a contract for $100 million. They don't realize it. They defer it. And Wall Street likes that enormously. Let's see some other big stories uh, that we should talk about in the world of finance, money, investing, and more. Verizon has probably one of the crazier headlines of the day. Verizon's going to drop the Muslim cable channel, Bridges TV, on March 14th, almost a year to the day after the channel's owner was sentenced to life in prison for beheading his wife. She was also the station's general manager. The murder occurred at Bridges TV studio in 2009, six days after he told, uh, she told her abusive husband that she was divorcing him. Cuts off her head. So he stabbed her 40 times with a pair of hunting knives. So Verizon's decision to drop the channel is unrelated to the crime, they say. The programming has been discontinued due to very low viewership, they say. But it does kind of have a little bit of a coincidence to it feeling, doesn't it? I know you're saying, man, your job's fun. You get to talk about people's heads getting cut off and tied into investing. So more and more about Apple. Apple has a new patent application out there. I own shares of Apple. Their new patent is revealing the company's plan to reimagine the conventional keyboard. Guess what they're doing? They're making it smaller and smaller. The application describes the single support lever keyboard mechanism, which would allow the keyboard caps to be made out of nearly any material. Regardless of the material, the keyboard caps would be held in place by the rigid support levers, which would be as little as two-tenths of a millimeter. Very low travel keyboard. Um, thin profile computing. So tactile feel of a keyboard is the whole goal here. We're going to take a little bit of a break here. Patents are critically important to tech companies. You're listening to AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. AM 1220 KDOW Trap.
listening to Rob. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in to Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. One of the energy analysts that I like a lot is a guy named Phil Flynn. Back when I did a national radio show, he was a regular guest on my show. He just chimed in saying that he thinks $3 gasoline is much more likely than $5 gasoline. Now, keep in mind, in the Bay Area, we've got ridiculous taxes. Very high cost of bringing gasoline into this area. So we're going to be a little bit higher than most people anyway. So when you hear $3 gas or $5 gas, it's, it's more likely here than in other parts of the country. Just throwing that out there for you. Some uh, other headlines that are out there today. The euro's hitting a three-month high, basically on hope that things continue to go well. Crude tops $108 a barrel on Iran supply fears. That needs to come down next week. Otherwise, you're going to see the recent market rally pull back. Right now, you've got 2,900 advancers. You've got 2,600 decliners on Wall Street, 231 unchanged. The Dow's down 7, the NASDAQ up 4, the S&P 500 up 2. We've got a mild rise going. New home sales remain on the upswing in the month of January. Consumer sentiment hits its highest level in a year. An angle that not a lot of people are thinking about is Mexico's peso. It's piggybacking the U.S. dollar on the positive outlook. What's good for the U.S. is good for Canada and Mexico is the thought there. Uh, What else do we need to know? It's Oscar weekend. I can't really say that I'm excited by that. Maybe you are. I do honor that it's a big weekend i do honor that it's a big show and i get it i just don't enjoy watching super wealthy people applaud themselves and i don't find billy crystal funny in any way shape or form sorry just doesn't work for me i think he's for the elderly crowd uh the good knee slappers shall we say in an interesting headline that's out there Clorox CEO is targeting healthcare brands. Clorox is considering acquisitions of healthcare products and services to fuel what will become a $300 million business. It's number one priority, more mergers and acquisitions. Clorox is going to consider international acquisitions, personal care brands. They own uh, like Burt's Bees. Now, actually, I know Burt. He's from North Carolina. And a friend of mine did a lot of graphic design for Burt. That was a company that sold out a little bit too soon, in my opinion. Burt could have made a little bit more money if he held on. So they're going to look at bolt-on acquisitions, basically how to add value to the company. Now, a lot of people look at Clorox, and they want the company broken up and sold to Procter & Gamble and Kimberly Clark. Clorox is saying, for their part, we don't want to be sold. We want to acquire Create some dramatic headlines, if you ask me. Other stories of note, McDonald's in McBaguette. You're saying, please don't say that. Please don't ever say that again. Get that image out of my head. So France 
and McDonald's. McDonald's changing things up a little bit. They want to get a little bit, how shall we say, thicker French accent going. In France, McDonald's is gearing up to offer a burger served on a baguette, part of a wider effort to add more locally inspired fare to its menu and attract more upscale diners. That's a funny phrase, upscale diners and McDonald's, right? But that's what they want. They, they, they know their core audience ages. For six weeks, starting April 18th, the 1,200 McDonald's restaurants across France are going to feature the McBaguette with a burger made from France's famed uh, Chardonnay beef. McDonald's said the burger will be topped with French-made Emmental cheese and mustard. It's going to replace the chain's current special offer there, which is three limited-edition burgers uh, with local cheeses. I think it's kind of fun because, again, we get the McRib here, and they get the McBaguette there. France's National Bread Observatory. I know you're saying they have a National Bread Observatory. That's what's wrong with France. I love France, by the way. A National Bread Observatory studies and promotes bread. They say that the French each consume about 150 grams of bread a day, uh, 55 kilograms a year. Many of them eat it with most meals, viewing bread almost as an extension of the knife and fork. 98% 98% of French people eat bread every day. So McDonald's going with a McBaguette makes mixed sense. I don't know. Uh, a recent study of sandwich eating in Paris showed that 65% of the 2 billion sandwiches sold each year are made with baguettes in France. So incorporating the baguette could support sales for McDonald's, which is... Uh, their most profitable market, France, in Europe. Their most profitable market in Europe is France, is the way to say that correctly. So they're trying to diversify. You get the idea. I don't need to beat it in the ground, do I? Or have I already? So some quick headlines. Uh, Dow's down 5, NASDAQ up 3, S&P 500 up 2. Oil at $108 a barrel. Iran is really, really... uh, in people's heads right now. You can find me online, Rob Black Show at YouTube, Rob Black Show at Twitter, at Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. You can listen to AM 1220, KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money, hour two. Talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Taking a look at what's working and what's not working on Wall Street. We've got the Dow up nine, the NASDAQ up seven, and the S&P 500's up three. Ten-year Treasury sits back under 2% at 1.9. This is something we're going to be talking about all weekend long. Oil. It's moved from 100 bucks a barrel this week to 108. Futures are at sitting at 124 bucks a barrel. That could be a problem. And it all gets tied back to Iran. A lot of people are expecting, very much so, expecting um, 
a strike on Iran, a strike on nuclear facilities within Iran, whether it comes from the United States or whether it comes from Israel. It's one of those headlines that's going to come. It's like another headline that's going to come down the road is uh, Greece. They're going to fail. They're going to be in the news again. Europe is going to have to bail them out again, or they're going to default. They are not going to solve their own problems. You don't cut 20% income taxes, 20% wages, and 20% pensions and have enough of an economy. It's going to get worse. So the headlines are going to get worse. You should know that. There's some leaked photos of what the iPhone 5 is looking like, and it's pretty freaking fragging cool. It's got a curvature to it. Um, now, again, this is you know just an interpretation. It's just a guess of what the iPhone 5 is going to look out like, but uh, we've started to see that you know China and Asia can't really keep a lot of secrets. Um, it's kind of got an elliptical look to it. It's, it's almost impossible to explain. Uh, it's thinner, but it's, it's, it's got a different design. So the iPhone 5, will Apple keep us in high demand of their products? The iPad 2 was super demand. The iPhone 4S had super demand. The MacBook Airs are still selling very, very well. In a market of PCs, it's not. I see some upside for Apple in the year 2012 based on we have yet to see them cool down. Speaking of which, today, uh, Steve Jobs would be 57 if he was still alive. Happy birthday, Steve Jobs. I know you're saying you're not going to say something about taking a dirt nap, are you? I'm not. I want to go there. I've got class. So, um, SP 500 moving higher and higher. I'm Ron Burgundy. You stay classy, San Diego. That's right. You stay classy. The S&P 500 rose to its highest close since 2008. Better than expected consumer confidence. Energy, utility, tech shares had big gains. Uh, names like Salesforce.com, winner today. Kroger, big grocery store, winner today. Now, again, I can't get excited about owning Kroger. You know, I can't get excited about owning Safeway. The margins just aren't good enough for me. Doesn't mean that you can't get excited and you can't love it. Got to eat food, right? Gap's down 4% today. The largest U.S. apparel chain forecast profit is going to be less than expected. Sales declines at their Old Navy stores. CEO Glenn Murphy failed to boost holiday sales at Old Navy after introducing a new marketing campaign for more than 1,000 stores. And uh, just a weak quarter. Alpha Natural Resources in the news today, a big coal producer. They bought Massey Energy for $7.1 billion in June. They posted an unexpected loss, and they cut their 2012 output forecast as U.S. electricity generators switched to cheaper natural gas and left coal in the cold. Well, they left coal in the dark. J.C. Penney's, also known as the French as Jacques Penney, down eight-tenths of a percent today. Department store chain run by Apple's former retail chief, uh, Ron Johnson, posted a fourth-quarter loss on charges to revamp the company. So there's charges. They, they were expected to have a loss. They are redesigning their stores. I don't own JCPenney's, but I will tell you, it's intriguing to watch Ron Johnson work. He is one of those CEOs who uh, is trying to overhaul the retailer's pricing strategy, trying to change their store design, trying to revive sales, 
trying to lure shoppers away from Macy's and Targets. I don't know if they could do it with the, the name J.C. Pennings. To me, because when you think J.C. Pennings, you have an image in your head, right? It's probably not the greatest. When you think Sears, you, you have an image in your head. Probably, and then you think Macy's, and you're like, yeah, Macy's a nicer Sears. So, and again, I'm not knocking you if you go to Sears or Macy's or anything like that. It's just not my angle. Um, other stories of note. There's a, a real interesting article this week that I'll email out to you if you want me to on renters versus owners and how renters are kind of having the one up right now and how they're kind of beating out homeowners as far as investments, as far as wealth creation, as far as the ability to stay nimble and to be able to move. Um, interesting article, though. Again, why renters rule the U.S. market, uh, the housing market. So a lot of people don't want to believe that. A lot of people don't think of that. The 33% plunge in home prices since 2006, it's really favored renters over homeowners. The trend's dominating the housing market clearly for the last six, seven years since 2006 and the collapse of housing. Policymakers out of Washington are doing their very, very best to try to, you know, create a little bit more for the homeowner. So renters doing pretty well as banks are deleveraging mortgage activities increasing. Uh, whether they want the loan or not, the banks are kind of on the hook for them. There's growing delinquencies in the United States, growing delinquencies. That's something, again, the housing market hasn't finished. There's still drama to play out. High unemployment, tight lending standards. I'll tell you, um, I'm in the process of refi. It's the tightest lending standards I've ever seen in my life. They are nitpicking every single detail. Uh, for instance, I own a property that uh, one of the mortgages, it got uh, the bank went under. Remember when banks were failing in 2008, 2009? I owned a mortgage from a bank that went under. And that note was transferred to a business line of credit. And trying to refinance a personal residence, they're looking at a business residence, and they're like, you don't, a business property, you don't have a mortgage on this. It's, it's a line of credit. Like, that's weird for a lot of people. It's common business. It's not that crazy. It's not that upsetting. But everything, everything is getting uh, scrutinized right now. If you want to refinance, it's going to be a process. Be ready for it. So um, other things that you need to know about, other big stories of note today, uh, tied towards the economy. AIG is in the headlines. They grabbed the financial stock spotlight early this morning. They reported a better-than-expected quarter on bottom line. Uh, I can't analyze AIG. They owe too much money to the government. It's, it's impossible to analyze. I wish that I could. I can't. I don't know if that makes any sense to you, but I'm standing by that, and we'll see how it goes. You can find me at YouTube, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. You can find me at Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. You can find me at Twitter, Rob Black Show. Let's take a little bit of a break here. When we come back, we'll take a look at breaking news. We'll talk with CFP Chad Burton. We'll fire him up. The Dow's up 16 right now. The Nasdaq's up 7, and the S&P 500's up 3. Don't forget, i got a seminar coming up in 
Tech Mart in Santa Clara. In about three weeks from now, three Saturdays from now, March 10th, Wealth Creation in the morning, Wealth Preservation in the afternoon. Both events are about three hours. You can sign up at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Welcome back in, Rob Black, your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much more. Breaking news coming up right after we talk with CFP Chad Burton. Taking a quick look at the markets first, though, we got the Dow up 11. We're having another good week, seven out of eight positive weeks so far in the year. NASDAQ up eight, S&P 500 up three. Welcome in, CFP Chad Burton. He's with NewFocusFinancial.com. That's NewFocusFinancial.com. I want to do a topic today with you, Chad, if you don't mind, on bonds. Stocks means you own a little piece of that corporation. Bonds means it's an IOU. Mm-hmm. There's different types of bonds. There's government bonds. There's corporate bonds. There's municipal bonds. Um, there's foreign market bonds. There's berry bonds. There's floating rate bonds. There's a lot of bonds. Yeah. I-bonds, zero-coupon bonds. What do we need to know about bonds, in your opinion? Wow, and that's that's a tough one because this is really the hardest area to manage right now, Rob. I mean, we're looking at historical low interest rates on bonds. We're looking at the Federal Reserve buying you know billions and trillions of dollars worth of bonds over the last couple of years. They were buying at the short end of the curve. Now they're going to be buying at the long end of the curve. So, what you need to know about bonds, I think first and foremost, is is look at the holdings in your bond fund that you've been owning inside your four hundred one k's, because a lot of people own bonds for a nice little income, right? Right. And then for a cushion when the stock market drops. So the idea of having a balanced portfolio or bonds in it means that because bonds aren't doing as well as stocks, when the stocks are rallying, they'll, they'll have a cushion for the downside, and in the long run, they win. But a lot of bun, bonds, because the yields are so low, they've been having to buy preferred stocks and, and stocks yielding up at the 3 and 4% range to keep their income high. So a lot of people are, are in bonds right now, bond funds that are becoming closet stock funds, and I don't think they might realize the overall risk that's there. So you know, it's something that you, you do have to peel gains from. So let's, let's look at the different types, right? right? You've got government. On the corporate side, you've got high-quality bonds, which are typically AAA or, well, let's see, AA rated and above, right? Right. Then you've got junk bonds and then convertible bonds. We bought a lot of convertible bonds and high-yield or junk bonds in 2009 in about May when they had dropped drastically. They were baby out with the bathwater. Then we had 20 or 30% returns on those funds. That's not normal. So when you get high returns on a certain area of bond funds, you really have to be careful about peeling off the growth. Um, Also, you got to look at big price jumps like tips, for example, have jumped drastically when we really don't have a lot of inflation yet. Um, so look for opportunities when, when things like tips or treasury inflation protected bonds, when they pull back five or 6%, that's when you're buying opportunities typically are. Which again, we grew up, Chad, you and I both grew up at the same era and we thought bonds were for old people. I feel bad for old people right now because interest rates are so low that bonds really aren't necessarily for them mm-hmm. because the bonds don't have the yield that it used to. So seniors can't put their money in the bank. They can't get money on CDs. Too, too low of rates. They, mm-hmm. The bonds, they have to increase their risk profile. And you don't really want to necessarily increase your risk profile with bonds because bonds are considered a little bit you know, more consistent than stocks. Yeah, I mean, for the next couple of years, I can see why a 20 or 30-year-old would just simply dividend-paying stocks instead of bonds because um, they can deal with the volatility. If the market has a big correction, they have time to either add more in after the correction or, or save more in the long run. 
But older people, they can't really steer, you know, they have to stay the course. And, and when you're older and you're close to retirement, you need three years worth of expenses in cash. I know your cash isn't earning anything, but don't put that cash to work in high risk bond funds. You've got to have three years' worth of your portfolio drawn cash and then a balanced portfolio. And make sure that the bond side of your balanced portfolio is diversified, uh, meaning you've got some governments, you've got some Ginnie Mays, a little bit of convertibles and corporates. But your duration, that's what you've got to pay attention to. You don't want bonds that are, that are really outside of the five- to seven-year range right now, in my opinion, because um, you know two years just aren't attractive. They don't give you much income. And going out longer than five to seven years in duration on bonds, the length of maturity, you're taking on too much long-term interest rate risk. I remember when I first got into the business, I, I, I was trying to study bonds and analyze bonds, and it's difficult. That's a totally different skill set than analyzing stocks. So I think it's it's key, important that seniors or wealthy people don't do their own bond work because it's not the same as stock work. It's it's a different art. Yeah, you know, when interest rates are really high and heading down, that's the time where you can just kind of no-brainer buy bonds directly and hold them till maturity. When we're in situations like this where it's unclear in the next two years where rates will kind of head, yeah. um, it's really helpful to get a good no-load fund, uh, bond fund manager. I like how you keep trying to say bonds, buns. Buns, German buns. I think we're just hearing way too much about that yeah, in the, the news but I think in times like this where the, the clarity on where interest rates are moving, that's where having a bond manager is, is attractive. But I, I can tell you that if we go through a period where, let's say, by 2015 rates are high, right. and it looks like they're leveling out or coming down, I'm going to sell all my bond funds and buy individual bonds and hold them to maturity. I'm an individual bond kind of guy. Now, let's do one last topic on bonds. When we were growing up, there was a theory that you should take your age, 100 minus your age, and that's how much you should have in bonds. Or in stocks versus bonds. Do you remember that one? Yeah. And then and they again, changed it to like 120 minus your age. I think it's it's garbage either way. Because it's garbage. What, what you're doing is when you're dollar cost averaging, what it makes sense is when you're adding to your portfolio every month because of your paycheck, right? Right. But in retirement, to reverse dollar cost average does not work. The reason why is because that means every month you're selling something when you withdraw your, your paycheck to live, you're selling something at a loss. Because if stocks are going up seven out of 10 years, usually bonds can be could be falling during that period of time, for example. So you're always selling something at a loss. So that's why you have to have safe money, a bond portfolio, a dividend-paying stock portfolio, and then your dividends and your bonds pay your safe money. Right. And then you rebalance and pull the gains off the table to uh, continue to keep your safe money at that three-year level. So you know, timing the market doesn't make a difference when you're younger. It does when you're older. CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. He's a certified financial planner, and he's at newfocusfinancial.com. So a couple more things that we need to talk about with the markets today. Uh, new home sales data is pointing to a stabilized market. There's some uh, stories out about Iran, and I think this is worthy of bringing up because it's going to be a big topic on the news shows this weekend. Russia is opposing Iran developing a nuclear weapons capability because it would endanger global stability, according to Prime Minister Vladimir Putin. We don't need to expand the nuclear club, and we're against this. It would lead to greater risks to international stability. Um, Interesting quote, Russia has always been good friends with Iran. Uh, It's a great oil relationship. It's a great business relationship. So for them to kind of pull aside is telling you that there's some stresses worldwide right now. Oil sitting at $108 a barrel in the United States. The futures market shows it around $125 a barrel. That is a very, very big problem. 
you want to drop me an email, you can, rob at robblack.com, rob at robblack.com. We could talk about investing. We could talk about uh, whatever concepts you have as far as being an investor. Um, taking a look at the markets right now, the Dow's up 14, the NASDAQ's up 9, the S&P 500 up 4. It is Friday the end of the week. I do want you to have a good weekend, something to think about. Coming up, I'm going to have some investment tips and hints for you right after break. Uh, You can find me on YouTube, Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show. Uh, A podcast of this show is available about two hours after it's over at kdow.biz, kdow.biz, or Apple iTunes, Rob Black and Your Money, AM 1220, KDOW. are now open. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. One of the areas that I don't talk about that I should talk more about is for people who have gone bankrupt or people who have lost their jobs and people who have to start from scratch. Most of our listeners, you're young in your 20s and 30s. You're starting to get a little late for your ability to earn income and save money in your 40s and 50s, and it's all over by 60. If you're 50 years old and you've got a bad divorce, you bought a couple houses that flopped on you, keep in mind that it's a tough market already out there for them because the job market for people who are unemployed, it's pretty brutal, uh, age 45 to 54. If you find yourself in a situation where you're 40s or 50s, you don't have anything saved, you've got to start. First things first is you've got to get your debt under control ASAP during prolonged bouts of unemployment or if you flopped for some reason. People fall back on their credit cards and home equity lines of credit. I don't think housing really gets back to normal until about 2015. And then I predict 4% returns for homes. But I'm not even positive of that at this point. That's just my most optimistic twist that I can give you. You can't count on your home appreciating. We've lost 33% since 2006 in the average home in America. That type of return that you need to get to break even will probably be about 20 years. If you think housing is going to get back on a roll and, and catch fire, you're high. You're misleading yourself. So if you're 40 or 50 and you got nothing and you're starting over, you got to sober up first. You got to understand that you may have to work until the day you die. That sucks for me to say that. I'm telling people, you may have to work till the day you die. You got to get your debt under control. You got to start rebuilding your emergency savings as well as 
your long term, what are you going to draw off of? I get emails every day, every day of people 50, 60 years old, and they have less than $100,000. My first, my advice, work till the day you die. That's probably going to be your best investment advice that anyone can give you. Don't count on retiring. Even if you have to pick up a skill like plumbing, where you can go into people's house and make a little bit of cash, you've got to pick up a skill like electricity, electrician. Even if you have to pick up something that makes you useful, painting a house, work till the day you die if you haven't saved enough. $100,000 in retirement is not enough. Even if you're living in a trailer in Alabama, it's not enough. Start contributing again to your retirement savings as soon as possible. Ask a lot of questions. Share your woes with other people because maybe you need a roommate. You know, maybe you need to downsize your house right now. Uh, I don't understand people who are 50, 60 years old, have less than $100,000, they're spending, you know, four or $5,000 a month on a mortgage or on rent for like a three or four bedroom house when they don't need it. So get into an apartment if you have to. You've got to start saving money instantly. You cannot wait any longer. So when you're 20 and 30s, you can make a little bit of mistakes. But if you haven't started saving by age 40, you're probably going to work till the day you die. And if you have as little as $100,000 at age 50, 60, you're probably going to work till the day you die. So there's only 20 things that you really need to know. You know, you got to know that you have to have goals. You have to have a budget. You got to know the basics of stocks, bonds, mutual funds. You got to know... You know, mutual funds, they differ like gold and clay. There's actively managed. There's indexes. Most people shouldn't buy individual stocks. I don't have a lot of bonds. I'll be quite honest with you. I'm too young. I don't need the income. So my income that I do have is typically tied towards real estate investment trusts. Something everyone needs to learn how to do is buying a home. Buying a home in Fremont is totally different than buying a home on the peninsula. And it's totally different than buying a home in Tracy. You'd have to put a gun to my head for me to own real estate in Tracy. And even then, I probably wouldn't do it. I'd say pull the trigger. A lot of people go, I want to buy a home, and the only place I can afford is Tracy, or the only place I can afford is Stockton. No, rent here. Rent where you work. If you really want to buy a home, buy a home in like Phoenix where you're going to retire, in a state that has no income tax. Rent that out, but in no way, shape, or form am I telling you to, you know, buy and trace your stock. And again, I'm not telling you to buy in Phoenix, but think that way. You don't have to own the home that you're going to retire in. There was a cop that I met back in 2000, and he couldn't afford to buy a house in the Bay Area. He was an Oakland cop. So what he did was he bought a retirement house in Tampa, put renters in it, rented here, lived like a god, didn't get caught up in the real estate crash, and he's funding his retirement. And genius. A couple other things that you need to know is the your kid's college. 
you know, when we have children, the, the number one thing we want to do is send our kids to college, but you can't afford to send your kid to college necessarily. From age zero to 17, a kid's $250,000, $300,000 if you send them to private schools. From 17 to 21, it's another $250,000 in future cost for college. Children cost you about half a million dollars per kid. Most people can't afford that. In your lifetime, you're going to ultimately spend about three and a half million dollars. A million and a half of it's going to come before you're age 50. And mostly that's tied towards your income. Uh, I don't know. You know, my mother was very Southern, so she oftentimes would say, you know, I gave birth to you. I don't owe you anything else. <laughs> Good luck. And she's kind of right. You don't owe your kids college. You owe your kids the ability to get college, the ability to help them with loans. You owe your kids a lot, but you don't owe pain. Again, trust me, I'm a hypocrite because there's no chance I would not let a child go to college. A college degree helps you live longer. A college degree helps you get a better paying job. Now, I wouldn't let a kid become a poetry major in college. No chance on that. Engineer or sciences, I would strongly, strongly discourage liberal arts. It's not worth a bang. It's not worth a buck. On some occasions, I get it. I understand. Graphic design, incredible. Strong place for graphic designers in the future. Healthcare, strong place. Engineers, strong place. Doctors, strong place. Couple things that people make mistakes on is hiring financial help. They tend to think that an insurance agent is a good investor. They're horrible investors. They're great at insuring. They tend to think their CPA knows somebody who's a good uh, investor. CPAs might be get, you know you, your CPA might give you a, a a referral to his best college buddy. So you need to learn to find financial help on your own. The only qualification that I like in financial world. CFP. For someone who's going to help you with your money and your decisions, CFP. For someone for taxes, CPA. You know, it's to me, it's that kind of black and white. You need to ensure what you can't afford to lose. That's, that's one of the bigger lessons that I see out there. A lot of people have way too much insurance or way too little insurance. Stop buying new cars, especially if you're 40 or 50 and you haven't saved anything. Um, stop buying new cars. Like, I buy two-year-old cars. There's no shame in that. Can I afford a new car? You bet I can afford a new car. Do I have to do it? No way. Once you own a house in California, you need to set up a trust. It, it'll save you a lot of money when you die. If you don't care about that, don't do it. You're dead, right? A couple other things that you need to know is uh, up your auto insurance and never use it. You know, working in San Francisco, my car gets dinged on occasion. I don't care. You know, people love me for who I am. They don't love me for my perfect car. So I don't care about a ding. I certainly, certainly wouldn't involve insurance in, a, in a, anything under $1,000. Best way to get wealthy is your 401k, your 403b, your 457 maxing it out. Every paycheck, you need to save 10 to 15%. Otherwise, 
you're going to work until the day you die. Or you're going to hit the lottery. You know how many people win that mega lottery? Your odds are 1 in 160 million. Good luck to you. Keep in mind, what is there, 300 million people in America? Like, I don't even know how many people in America right now. I've let that statistic out of my head. Don't need it. I've let it go. You can find me at YouTube, Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. If you're 20 or 30 and you're getting married, say no to $20,000 diamond rings. You can't afford it. That's ridiculous anyway. Buy her a cubic zirconium. I guarantee you, she'll never know the difference. You can find me at YouTube, Rob Black Show. You can find me at Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. You can find me at Twitter, Rob Black Show. Let's take a little bit of a break here. Come back, look at the markets, close the week. AM 1220, KDOW. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.